Hey everyone, it's me, the Herd Man, back, back, back at it again, and this is G's for Thursday, April 29th, 2021. What's going on? How are you today? You know what? I'm doing okay. I had a bit of a busy evening yesterday as I was researching and moving around host providers for podcasts, uh, in particular this podcast. Um, I'm very thankful that I was able to connect with Buzzsprout at the very beginning of this journey, but one of the challenges I faced was limited time that I could actually upload each month for this podcast. So as you could tell, I was only given you know, a certain amount of time. In this case, it was two hours I was given each month to uh, upload podcast time for, which made me have to really budget my time, which as we all know, can easily go over as I tend to go off on the proverbial tangent or two. I am happy to say that we have a new home with Red Circle, uh, which allows me to talk as much as I want each month. So welcome Red Circle to the Herdman family. I'm happy you're here and I'm excited because now I can start going over if I want without worrying about budgeting or not having enough time for other podcasts. So folks, gear up because some of these are going to get a little longer now moving forward. And for today's episode, I figured that I would give you all my take and review on the new reboot of the Mortal Kombat movie franchise. Before we get into the new movie, I just want to give you a little background as to my experience with Mortal Kombat. I went to the arcade, that's how old I am, I went to the arcade to play Mortal Kombat when it first came out. My brother, he purchased Mortal Kombat for his Sega Genesis, and I remember as a kid sneaking into his room so I could play it. Mostly because it had the blood setting on there. So you could actually choose to either have the blood on or blood off. Uh, if you took the blood off, then you wouldn't get the fatalities. So we would make sure that the blood setting was on so that every time we could see someone ripping their guys' heads off, taking their hearts out of their bodies, things like that. It was awesome back then. I myself, I went ahead and got Mortal Kombat for Super Nintendo. Only to be disappointed because I found out that they cut out all the blood in the finishers which really kind of disappointed a lot of people that were stuck with Nintendo. My favorite character playing the game was Sub-Zero, of course, but I also regularly played as Liu Kang and, and Scorpion 2. Uh, obviously, just the, the animations, everything. It, we, back at the time, we thought it was so real, looked like real people. And you had the finishing moves as well. Uh, and there's so many different things that, that people can remember when they, when they used to play the games. I went ahead and I picked up Mortal Kombat 2 when it came out played with new characters like Reptile and Cabal. And then something amazing happened. A Mortal Kombat movie was going to be coming out. I mean, my friends and I vowed, we vowed to see an opening night. And then that's what we did. We were, at that time we were driving, so we drove over to the theater, made sure that we were dead center in the theater. We're going to watch it here. And, you know, sure, it wasn't the most impressive movie but it, but it had all our favorites. It had Johnny Cage. It had Kano. It had Sonya. It had Liu Kang, Sub-Zero, Scorpion, you name it. They had whitewashed the character of Raiden and used actor Christopher Lambert to act as the God of Lightning, which was a strange choice at the time. No one really thought otherwise because the guy was coming off of Highlander, uh, that particular franchise. And the whole whitewashing Con uh, conspiracy wasn't really there at the time so nowadays that would not even fly but uh what could you do back then you know the money shot though when you're watching the movie was when goro came out you know you play in the video game you got goro with his forearms just his big massive mother and he shows up on screen and he's going against johnny cage and he's fighting he's fighting 
And then what does Johnny Cage do? He does his patented splits and he punches Goro straight in his monster nuts. People were laughing their asses off. It was, I, I completely remember that moment. It was hilarious. Just one of those things as a kid that, you know, something like that happens. You, you can't forget about it. So to top it all off, you know, you had the Mac Daddy of all Technotronic soundtracks. That Mortal Kombat theme song was like dun 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 dun, you know, like that. I'm not, I'm not even embarrassed to admit that I purchased that single. I've, I, I freaking played it in loop. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. I, I made videos in school with my friends, and we would use that during our fight scenes. I mean, you, you couldn't get away with it. It was just, it just gets stuck in your head. You know, uh, movie producers, they, they, they enjoyed the success there of that first one. They tried to make a sequel. That thing just crashed hard. I mean, the characters were terrible. The effects were just awful. And, of course, there was just no plot whatsoever. So that movie just burned and crashed immediately. Uh, the franchise picked up again, you know, after game-wise, you know, with, with next-gen consoles coming out, graphics got better. Then all of a sudden, the you'd see the new finishers come out, and people were really starting to kind of pique their interest again. And, uh, you know, a few years back, there was a rumor of a movie that was going to come into production. Now, we weren't sure if that was going to happen or not, but, hell, fast forward to today and the release of the new Mortal Kombat movie starring... Cole, a completely new and uninteresting character that the producers want us to cheer for. Okay, I won't I won't go into that just yet. Let's let's go through the movie itself, what I liked, what they could have done better with that, everything that we usually do when I do these reviews. Obviously, spoilers for those who don't want to know what's happened, so here's your final warning, uh, because we're gonna get going with this. So, movie starts off. Generations in the past, generations like a thousand years. This is back in Japan here. You got a group of assassins that, that come and they enter a village, which is the home of this guy named Hanzo Hasashi, a famous, famous warrior. He's, he's completely retired though, so he's living the, the good life, has a family, has a son, has a, a little baby daughter, and he's just doing his own thing, you know, in retirement that, that warriors do. The group, uh, there's a group of assassins that come in they're led by a guy named Bai Han who has the ability to manipulate ice gee I wonder who that guy's gonna end up being Bai Han is looking for Hanzo because they must have some kind of rivalry but mostly I think it had to do with uh both of them being Mortal Kombat champions or something like that and Bai Han wanted to kill him so in order to get Hanzo's attention Bai Han goes and kills Hanzo's wife and his older child However, before Baihan can actually do this, Hanzo's wife knows that, that Baihan is coming, so she goes and she hides their newborn child who is completely unharmed through this because Baihan doesn't know who you know that there's a third child or a second child. A uh, big fight between Hanzo and Baihan end up taking place, and then Baihan actually kills Hanzo, which I, I didn't think that was going to happen uh, because you knew that Baihan was going to be Sub-Zero, you knew that Hanzo was going to be Scorpion, but... I wasn't really aware. I thought they were just going to be immortal people, but turned out Baihan killed Hanzo and in doing so sent Hanzo right to hell. Uh, you know, it's at, it, it, again, it's at all this time you realize that you're watching pretty much the origin story of both Sub-Zero and Scorpion, and especially their rivalry. Neither of them are in their costumes. 
they have some of the early uh, talents that they have with the with the throwing a knife for Scorpion, with just kind of a little... Sub-Zero doesn't have its full powers, but it's still there. So it's still, you know, again, thousands of years ahead of time. So this is just all starting out. So cut, cut ahead thousands, uh, several thousand years ahead to the present day. And this, this is kind of where we meet this new person that we've never seen before. Don't know anything about him. This guy's name is Cole, and he's some sort of MAA fighter. They don't really go into detail. They probably do go into detail, but I didn't really pay attention to that. You know, he's not the best fighter, and we really don't know why we really care about him. Because we're like, where the hell is this guy? I want to see I want to see Johnny Cage. I want to see Sonya Blade. I want to see these other people. No, we're stuck with this guy named Cole, and we're we have no choice because he's really the one that's driving the story here. So Cole is approached by Jax, who we all know because it's Jax. Um, he recognizes Cole because of this special Mortal Kombat logo tattoo on his back. Uh, Jax shows him that he has the exact same tattoo, tells him that there's going to be some kind of big tournament and that he needs Cole to be a fighter. Cole doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Uh, Jax just keeps on explaining about needing Cole's help, but Cole ends up just leaving with his family to go get some food. And while eating with his uh, family... He is attacked by Sub-Zero, who is out to kill Cole. Uh, Sub-Zero is just bent on destroying this particular person. But Jack shows up just in the time, and he saves Cole and instructs Cole to go find his friend Sonya Blade. And while Cole leaves, Jax is left then to go fight Sub-Zero. The two fight, and then uh, the fight ends basically when Jax attempts to do two punches on Sub-Zero. Sub-Zero grabs both his hands, starts freezing his freaking arms, and snaps him off in like a huge bloody mess. Jax is presumably dead. He kicks him down a tunnel, and that's the last we see of Jax, and we cut over to uh, Cole, who's out to find Sonya. Cole meets up with Sonya in her trailer park. He finds out that she's a special forces uh, soldier, and she also has a some guy named Kano that we all know who Kano is, uh, locked up in her trailer as well. While the two are talking, Sonya is going over the entire reason for Mortal Kombat and goes through the backstory of this big tournament, how there were um, tournaments between the Earth Realm, Outer Realm, and if the Outer Realm ends up winning the next Mortal Kombat tournament, then Outworld can come in and completely just take over and destroy the Earth. So she needs Cole's help and she's trying to recruit other people to help defend the Earth. So Cole's not really sure about this. Kano thinks it's all a bunch of bullshit. Then all of a sudden, a new assassin shows up in the form of Reptile, who's in like a cloak, kind of like Predator-type situation where he's completely invisible. Sonya and Cole take him on. All of a sudden, Kano shows up too. He gets free and he starts fighting Reptile as well. The three of them take him out and kill Reptile. And from there, Kano ends up uh, leading the group over to the uh, temple where... They end up meeting Liu Kang, uh, Kung Lao, and then finally the non-whitewashed version of Raiden. Of course, while we're there, we start learning about more about the tournament, who the fighters are. You know, the whole reason for Cole is he's really just a device for us audience who are trying to learn what's all going on, especially those new people, because he gets everything spoon fed to him. Sonya, while well, she's looking around the temple, she actually finds Jax, who... Apparently, the temple people found him and have rebuilt his arms into these robotic arms. And while they are now training, 
all of a sudden the big bad guy Shang Tsung shows up with his minion of, of evil guys uh, to basically he's trying to cheat and kill all the Earth champions so that when the tournament actually comes Earth won't have any champions to defend against out, uh, Outworld and Outworld can easily win that tournament. Raiden shows up just in the nick of time to put up some kind of barrier and cue the big training montage with the good guys because they all have to learn how to use their powers, yada, 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 you know, things like that. However, that is cut short as Kano turns out to be an asshole and double-crosses the good guys by destroying the shield ray that Raiden had and allowing the bad guys to come in. Cue the big fights between the good guys and bad guys. Uh, there are some victories... There are also some defeats. In particular, Kung Lao gets his soul sucked out by Shang Tsung. And during this time, Cole is faced with going up against Goro, who is one of the top champions. And during this time, Cole's family is also in danger within the same area that Cole and Goro are fighting. Cole uses his love towards his family to bring out his outer power, which becomes this indestructible golden leathery looking jacket which i'm not going to shit you if you do pause it at a certain time you can actually see the slit on the back of it where he could kind of slip in there it was a it was a prop error on their side but i i picked up on it i would say just if you get a chance try to pause it around the time where they show the back it's it's pretty obvious but you know it's really his power is just this gold jacket and then these these lame ass knives um but it's enough to kill Zogoro. He destroys Goro. He comes back to the uh, temple and convinces all the good guys to say, hey, we can we can all work together and, and beat the shit out of these bad guys and destroys Shang Tsung. So Raiden then goes ahead and uses his teleport powers to teleport one bad guy and one good guy to a specific location, which is very much similar to what you see in the video games anyway. So you kind of got that tie in there. Long story short, good guys each take out one of the bad guys where it's just uh, Sub-Zero left. And Sub-Zero ends up facing Cole. They go back and forth. Cole gets a hold of... Uh, Sub-Zero gets a hold of Cole's family. Again, I don't know why his family doesn't get the hell out of there. They always find themselves like in the middle of these fights. And it's at this time then that Cole is able to summon the his, his great ancestor, Hanzo, from hell and so all of a sudden hanzo shows up in full scorpion gear does his trademark get over here and starts fighting with sub-zero the whole get over here thing was kind of interesting because they do all these japanese subtitles so i'm not really sure who his english instructor was in hell and why he would just teach him that one particular line but i think it was just to appease the fans um you know that he even said that but cole and, and scorpion end up working together to fight Sub-Zero. They take out Sub-Zero. They they completely kill him. And Shang Tsung shows up saying, you guys really pissed me off. I had, I'm not going to accept this. We're still going to beat your ass in the tournaments. And in doing so, he takes the bodies of Sub-Zero and Goro back because you got to have those guys come back for those franchises. I heard that the Sub-Zero actors actually signed on for a four-movie contract. So that's going to be interesting to see how that goes. So, happy story for everyone. The battle is won, but the war is just starting. Uh, Raiden then goes and tells Sonya and Cole that they still have to go find more champions of Earth to help defend uh, Earth for mortal, you know, the Mortal Kombat tournament. So, we cue the end where Cole is leaving to Hollywood to go find someone that we 
uh, all know as Johnny Cage, who will likely be in the next sequel as long as they make a sequel. So that's pretty much the story. That is the story for you. Uh, things I liked about it. First of all, the, the fighting was really good. Uh, it was a lot of action in there. It was nice to see the blood. They definitely took advantage of the hard R rating by using lots of F-bombs. But lots of guts, lots of blood. They used the fatalities really well. Bravo to that. Kano was also probably one of the best characters that they had. I don't know who the actor is, but the guy was hilarious. He, he definitely wanted to be that character. Uh, it's too bad that he died in this movie because that that would have been a fun actor to still have in the sequels. Yeah, he's just one of those asshole bad guys that you know definitely make the movies a lot more interesting. I like that they didn't whitewash Raiden this time. They actually used Asian actors. They used you know actors that should be playing the characters that they should be. So uh, the backstory of Sub-Zero and, and Scorpion, that rivalry, that was actually pretty good too, especially at the beginning uh, to get that history and understand where the two are coming from. I always looked at Scorpion as being a bad guy, but this kind of turned that around and made him a good guy, made Sub-Zero the bad guy. It was something different, and I really dug that. And, man, they were able to fit that freaking music, that, that song from back in the 90s, that, that same techno beat, they were able to fit into the soundtrack for this movie. It was subtle uh, in certain areas, but, man, man, everyone who loved that song just picked up on it. So so kudos to the music people that uh, fit, uh, fit that into the soundtrack. And there was only a few things I didn't care for. Um... The tournament, not having the Mortal Kombat tournament, that was obviously a big one. Uh, Mortal Kombat itself is about a tournament, and we basically just got the pre-tournament movie. So, unfortunately, no tournament. Uh, the bad guys were kind of weak. You did have Goro that was kind of cool, but you didn't. You knew that he was Prince Goro, but Prince Goro of what? I mean, there's no backstory. You don't really care. They just kind of showed up, and then they fought. Melina was pretty cool with her big face. Um, Sub-Zero was more front and center as the main bad guy. So I won't give them, you know, I won't knock them for that. They did put at least some backstory as to Sub-Zero and his rivalry with Scorpion. So other that than that, those the other bad guys are all pretty weak. Uh, and then finally, Cole. I didn't like the fact that we had to get kind of spoon-fed Cole. I would have preferred that we go along with an existing character that we know in the Mortal Kombat universe, but... I guess what they really have to do is get some kind of character like Cole who's going to be a lot like people who are not familiar with Mortal Kombat. Someone that's going to come in there, they're going to ask questions, they're not going to know a whole lot about what's going to happen, and they're going to grow until they're actually at that same level as the other champions. So, while I didn't care for Cole, he probably was a necessary evil that they had to have. So overall, like Kong and Godzilla, this movie is not meant for anything else other than to entertain you with the action. The story was okay, but I'll tell you, I did fall asleep only because it was super late. But in those particular scenes I, I was sleeping through, I missed how Cole and Scorpion were connected. So I had no idea why all of a sudden Scorpion was showing up at the end fight against Cole, with Cole and Sub-Zero. However, on the second watch, they did explain that. It did make more sense. I don't think they needed to add a character like Cole, as I mentioned, but given, again, how many characters Mortal Kombat has, it does make sense that they wanted to add someone who is completely new and can be told what's going on so that 
Again, you don't have people asking, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Why do I care about this guy? Why do I care about this guy? It's he's supposed to be your typical person that, that people care for. Overall, I would, uh, I'd recommend watching this. You know, I'm sure they're going to be working on a sequel fairly soon, but Man, go! You got HBO Max. You got nothing else to do on the weekend. Watch it. I mean, even if you're doing something, it's, it, it was entertaining me enough. Uh, go see it to the theater. I I don't know about that, but definitely watch it on HBO um, because they are, like I said, they're gonna they're gonna have a Mortal Kombat two. They're gonna have quite a few movies for this, and I hope they do because again, taking it up that notch, doing more gore, doing better finishing moves, really made a difference. Well. This was a long one, folks. It's probably my longest one yet. I thought I would actually be longer when I was doing my Kong review, when I was doing my Winter Soldier reviews, but hell, it turned out to be Mortal Kombat, probably because of the whole nostalgia factor, but also because of the new podcast host and the fact that I don't have to worry about condensing these into little five-minute blurbs. So if you did stick around for this, thank you very much. I hope this was entertaining for you. I will not always be this long, but at the same time, I'm not going to be reserving myself to just a few minutes each day. So um, hopefully we'll uh, continue this trend and we'll have some fun along the way. That's going to do it for today's episode. You can catch me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Twitch. Hey, also look me up on TikTok and Twitter as well. Just Search that name, Herdman22. Be sure to tell your friends about the podcast, please, and remember to give this one a like. If you have any questions or comments, send me an email. Uh, email me at therealherdman at gmail.com. I would be glad to answer any questions. I'd be glad to answer them on the podcast itself. I'd love to start doing that if possible. Thanks again for everyone for your support. I hope you all have a great day, my friends, and we will see you tomorrow. I am out of here.